Hi, and welcome to Returning to Eden. This is the place where we talk about walking out of purity culture and rediscovering what purity actually looks like in a way that is honoring to God, honoring to ourselves, and also in the real world. (laughs) How to go about being pure of heart, of mind, soul, spirit, and body, and loving God and walking according to his purposes. So thank you for coming and joining us, and I hope you enjoy everything that we have in store. Friends, welcome back to Returning to Eden. I wanted to pop on and record another episode this evening and chat a little bit more about the episode about purity culture and just my thoughts on how I've interacted with men and the things that I've learned about men since walking out of the idea that men are either predators or Prince Charming. I feel like there's a little bit more that I wanted to dive into there. Um, and, and I just felt like it wasn't enough. Where I left it off wasn't enough. So thank you for joining me again today. I want to chat with you just a little bit more about some of the things that I've learned. And I want to thank you to those of you that have responded to me and have reached out about how impactful that first episode was for you. I can't tell you how many tears that has brought to my eyes that um, to know that I'm not the only one that has struggled with some of these thoughts. And uh, to know that there really is a purpose for why I'm making this podcast and why I'm writing the book and um, why I'm putting my story out there. Um, I love that y'all are able to laugh along with me on some of the most hilarious and the most embarrassing stories I've had in my life. Um, I feel like if if you can learn from my my mistakes, then the world would be better off. So yay for that. Okay, I had a friend reach out to me and she was talking to me about what good guys look like. And I really feel like I want to share with you some of those thoughts. Um, Like I said, in the earlier podcast, I've always felt like men were either predators or Prince Charming. And there was no middle ground, which is so terrible because there's so many really good guys out there that um, are, are pigeonholed into one category or the other. And it's not fair to them because they can't marry 50 million women, right? And also, like, we, they, it's just treating them like they're less than human on, on some level. And I don't feel like that's fair. So um, one of the reasons why I originally had that mindset, especially the predator part, was that I grew up hearing men only want one thing. And you can't be alone with them because then inevitably they're going to try to push themselves on you or they're going to try to do something to you and it's, you're going to not be safe. And, um, and especially when it was unwanted attention, if I got any kind of unwanted attention from someone, then I would automatically put them in the predator category, right? And um, if it was wanted attention, then it's the Prince Charming category. But unfortunately, wanted attention does not mean that someone is pursuing you, right? Um, I have a person that I know that just feels like flirting with everyone is just the way to go because that's just their personality. And, um, and for, for them that works for them, you know, but for people like me who take any sign of flirtation as a sign of interest, it can be really harmful. And, um, I feel like in purity culture, 
that's what we're taught is that if anyone shows any level of interest and it's wanted, then, oh, okay, great. <laughs> you want to marry me or you want to date me or whatever. And um, so it's really easy to make mistakes on um, trying to gauge if someone is interested in you or not. And then it can lead down to really a painful road for your heart. So that's why I wanted to chat with you about what good guys look like. I have been so fortunate over the last two years to have met a plethora of really good men. And I've known good men all along the way, but I've been paying very close attention to them since I left my ex-husband because I didn't really learn what good men looked like before. I had really good men around me, but I wasn't conscious of those thoughts of like, what characterize, characterizes a good man? And then when I got married, I didn't fact check anything that I was told about that person. Um, and I just assumed that everything that was spoken to me was true. And unfortunately, that wasn't necessarily the case. So since I've left my ex-husband, I thought I need to do better on paying attention to the men around me and trying to understand what makes a good man versus maybe someone who has some attributes that I wouldn't necessarily put a lot of value into. And um, I just want to share with you some of my thoughts. You can take this with 50 grains of salt if you want to. Um, chunk out whatever you feel like is not truth for you. But I just want to share with you my truth. And one of those thoughts are is that not all men are evil, nor are they all Prince Charming. Sometimes good guys are just really good guys. And good men are plentiful. Women have judged really harshly and have set very high expectations for men and how they behave, um, which has kind of put them into this really difficult situation. Um, and when someone is looking to be rescued, primarily women, when we are looking to be rescued, we have a tendency to put men in our God spot. And if you don't know what that means, it's basically like we are looking to men to protect us and to rescue us and to keep us from harm and to help fight that internal battle of all of the pain that we're dealing with. We really put it on the man to fix. Um, and again, I know I mentioned this before, but I really feel like Disney was a part of that. Like, can you please rescue me from my awful stepmother or rescue me from the tower or whatever? Like it, it really... Um, I mean, the church helped with this mindset, too, that, like, you're not whole until you're married. And that's not true, you know. Neither do we, we don't need a man to help us fix ourselves, and we also um, don't need to put them in our God spot. And we are whole. We are completely whole, just like what Lee and I were talking about the other day. Um, we are already whole and complete, and we need to bring a whole and complete person to the table when we're talking about getting into dating relationships. Um, and if we are hurting and if we are looking for men to fix us, then we, in essence, put them in our God spot. And if you haven't heard any teachings on what that looks like, it's basically instead of asking God to help us fix the issues that are in our hearts and, and to help comfort us in our pain, we're looking to the man to do that. And they can't, I mean, it's like asking them to basically do surgery on our own hearts and fix our hearts and, and they can't reach us there and 
but we can't expect them to, to fix everything. Um, because only God can do that. So it's definitely not fair of us to put them in our God spot. And, and men can put women into their God spots too, but it's, um, you know, this podcast is mainly for women. So we're just going to go after that. But one other thing I want to mention, even about good guys, is that they will naturally be disappointed by, I'm sorry, hold on. I was reading my notes and I got that wrong. We will be naturally disappointed by anyone who cannot meet our ridiculously high standards if we're going into it thinking, I need a man who's going to be able to fix all of this or bring peace to my life or bring order to the chaos that is my life or um, help me with my financial situations. If And we say, okay, we need X, Y, and Z, meaning really high standards that no one can meet because really only God can meet those for you. And so when we're looking at men around us, it's I think it's really important for us to just understand that good guys are just good guys and not every single one of them needs to marry you. And um, it's okay to have friendships with, with them in group settings, on one-on-one. Like I have a really good guy friend who um, we have dinner like um, on a couple of occasions I've made him dinner and, and we've gone to see movies together and and we talk on occasion and we, you know, have, have gone out and done fun things together. And he's not the only one, it's just the one person that came to mind. But, you know, it's, it's just a really quality friendship where we can process pain with each other. We can talk about highs and lows and careers and all the things. And he's just a friend. And, you know, two years ago or, you know, nine years ago before I was married, I would have never been I would have never allowed myself to be put into that situation because I would have assumed that I would have gotten myself into harm and I missed out on a ton of extremely valuable relationships and friendships and um also I kind of stunted my emotional growth because now what I've noticed is that even though I'm really good one-on-one with people with men in particular group settings tend to still be a struggle um I don't really know why that is, and so maybe as I learn more about myself, because I'm constantly on this road for self-discovery, um, I'll probably share with you why I think that that is, but I've just noticed that if I'm in a group setting and men are around, I have a really hard tendency, sorry, I have a tendency to be really hard on myself, and I end up pulling back and just not engaging in conversation um, as much as I think I would have if it were just a bunch of women. So it's just something I've learned about myself. And one of the things that I've been discovering is that it's okay to realize that we have flaws and that we have areas of growth. And I am celebrating that I realize that because now I can just say, Lord, will you please help me fix this? And then I don't even have to worry about it because I know that it's been identified. I've asked the Lord to help me fix it. And I bet in two or three months, I'm going to be so much better at that. So it's not like I have to completely do surgery on my own heart, but it's just leaning on the Lord to fix the areas of pain or whatever the root cause is. I may not ever even know what the root cause is, but I can just ask him to fix it. And I trust that he will because he's done it time and again. So um, let's chat about what good guys look like. Okay, so good guys are... The, the kinds of men that have a lot of character, they understand who they are, they have a strong moral compass, they um, 
they have they they feel like they know what their purpose is in life or they're on a journey and understanding that the Lord is going to help them they're you know the Lord is going to help them know what their purpose is um and when it comes to like dating and if you're wanting them to flirt with you um unfortunately I feel like the women in the church this is not just me saying this I've read multiple books on this topic um women in the church because we have kind of treated them poorly in terms of it's just really high stakes like if they put their heart on the line then we will jump to marriage or jump to you're crazy really quickly and so good guys have a tendency at least from what I've been learning with the men in my life they have a tendency to pull back and they don't want to make the first move because they are nervous that they're if they ask you out for a coffee date then you're going to think you they want you want they're going to marry you you know uh like oh we're going to coffee great our our wedding will be on May 27th or <laughs> whatever um what what do you want the names of our children to be so they have a tendency to to pull back they're not going to be as flirty and um yeah, I just, I feel really bad for men in that situation. So guys, if you're listening to this and you're in that category, I want to apologize to you personally for women, um, just on behalf of women that we have put you in a situation that has made things complicated for you to pursue us. And I don't know how to fix it, but I am open to dialogue. Like if you have any ideas and and you want us as women to know how to do things better, I'm open to chatting about that um, because I feel like masculinity in general has been under attack for, I don't know how long, but for quite a while. And I want to support the men to be able to fulfill their God-given identities and to be able to pursue relationships when they find someone interesting. And um, I don't really know how to fix that, but I'm open to discussion. So one other thing I wanted to chat about is um, the difference between charisma and character. And this is something I'm still learning and still developing, but I feel like it's really important. Um, so I'm going to read you some of my notes. You might hear some clicking on my computer. Um, so what I've noticed in the church in general is that there are um, there's a couple of different components that first present themselves when you meet someone new. Uh, you can meet someone who is really charismatic, and I'll explain to you more what that looks like. Um, and then you have people of like high moral character. And um, what I've learned is that you don't have to have a lot of character to have a lot of charisma. Um, but let me explain what those two components are. So charisma is actually defined as someone with a type of charm that is magnetic. Um, charisma, at least in the church is typically accompanied by others, um, uh, other seen or known spiritual giftings. Sorry, I'm reading my notes and I'm like, what, what was I trying to say here? So there's something to the person with charisma that places them in the spotlight, or at least to be seen as someone who is highly valued in the fellowship of believers. This is the type of person that people who don't feel confident in themselves will look to as a sort of hero. Though spiritual giftings are just that, they're gifts, and they're unrevocable. For some reason, the charisma and favor resting on this person's life is as attractive as moths to a flame. 
this person will likely be seeking validation and affirmation from those around them. So they may have people hanging on them similar to groupies following an artist. Um, so they may have a lot of influence in the spiritual realm, um, and they may not. They may just be a, a really magnetic personality that people are really drawn to because they have more confidence in themselves um, and whatnot. And charisma is not necessarily a bad thing, um, but let me move on and define character, and then I'll kind of put those thoughts together. So character is something that's hard fought for. Um, it takes years of, of growth and development and leaning on the Lord and probably personal trials and struggles to develop a character and um or to develop character not a character so this is a person who has an internal moral compass that points directly at the holy spirit this person will do things that look weird on the outside but they have confidence that their actions will stand the test of time even when the crowd around them is scratching their head and may may be passing them by character requires sacrifice character requires seeking affirmation and validation from god alone Speaking from personal experience, I know that it is like, um, I know what it is like to be drawn to both people of character as well as people with charisma. And at different points in my life, I've been drawn in one direction more than the other. What I have learned is that the more I am wounded and hurting, the more I want to be around the person with charisma. For some reason, this person feels safe and whole because they might have a lot of influence in the spirit realm or just in the church in general and may seem to know themselves well. I am impressed by that person, and that creates a sense of safety. So charisma and character are not mutually exclusive. People with character can be charismatic, but not all people with charisma are people of character. And I feel like the person with charisma, if they don't have a high uh, moral character, their charisma can end up getting them into a lot of trouble because it pulls a lot of people to them. And then if they don't have the character to withstand the weight of that authority that they end up getting, then uh, sometimes they can crumble. I think you can see that in a lot of different pastors and leaders in the church where um, people are so drawn to them like moths to a flame, but then they might stumble and it ends up being destructive um, and harmful to the faith. So uh, one thing that the Lord made clear to me is that people who have a strong character can be then given more charisma, but that those who don't want to invest in their character can fall stagnant. So those who, who pursue things of the spirit without a foundation of strong character are more likely to be swayed by shiny things of the spirit than they are to be secured in the process of redemption and covenant with Abba Father. Affirmation and validation from man, though in a, a moment feels like you're in the right path, it's fleeting. It's in the process of seeking daily to be affirmed and validated by God where we find purity, wholeness, and purpose. And when we are affirmed and validated by God, we are able to love ourselves and others in a way where we are secured instead of looking for the praise of man to validate us. If we are looking for the validation of man, we are allowing others to determine our worth and character, and we are limited to whatever it is that man says we are worth. But when we pursue covenant with Jesus, we have limited sorry, excuse me, we have limitless capabilities because our worth and value is found in, in a limitless God. Uh, let me reread that last part again. It says, if we are looking for validation of man, we are allowing others to determine our worth and character, and we are limited to whatever it is that man says we are worth. But when we pursue covenant with Jesus, we have limitless capabilities because our worth and value is found in a limitless God. 
So when you think about it this way, when we're, when we're broken, we have it and, or when we feel like we're broken or we're in some kind of pain, um, then we can be drawn to people who, who it feels like they have it all together and they are kind of like the shiny object, um, that we're drawn to, but it's very important that we don't put all of our hope and trust in that person. Um, they may have a strong character, but if we are drawn to them looking for answers to fill those empty places in our heart where we feel like we are broken or where we are in pain, um, then it's very easy to put them in our God spot. And, um, like I was saying earlier, if you put someone in your God spot, you're basically asking them to fix you just like you would be asking the Lord to help you be fixed. And for some reason, it's a lot easier to trust man instead of God because man is seen and God is unseen, but it doesn't work that way. There's no way that, um, that man, as in people in general, um, that they can do that inner work and surgery on your heart that you might be hoping for, um, even if they have character. Uh, but you'll notice that people of character are going to n- not really be okay with you attaching yourself to them. Um, people who don't have a lot of character are okay with that because they are looking for validation from the world, right? Um, so yeah, you'll see people who have a lot of character. If you are feeling drawn to them, they'll pull back and create boundaries. So anyway, I don't know if this helps anybody, but these are some very hard life lessons I have had to learn. And I feel like it's just really important that we understand both that good guys are out there and not every good guy needs to marry you. Uh, And not every good guy is going to be interested in you, but it's okay to embrace them as friends and to um, be in community with really good people and to not be looking at every person as a potential spouse. So that's the first thing. And um, the second thing is try to identify the people in your life who may have a lot of character um, and don't have as much charisma and also the people who have a lot of charisma that maybe don't have as much character. Um, I feel like it's just really important that we can differentiate the two because it's going to help us understand who we can trust and who we can rely on. And it can also help us understand who we might be naturally drawn to because we're trying to get someone else to fix our problems. So thank you for listening to this. I hope this makes sense. And feel free to send in messages um, to to me to figure out what else I should be talking about. Or if this makes absolutely no sense and you're like, Eden, just remove this from your podcast. um, Definitely let me know. So thank you so much for listening and I hope you have a wonderful day. Bye-bye.